everybody. Welcome to another episode of Courtside of Beelings and Tennis, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. We are back on again with my co-host, Steve Flink. The French Open just, and I mean just, like minutes ago, wrapped up. We are going to be talking about Rafa versus Novak, that epic semifinal. And we're also going to be talking about the men's final that just completed. Novak Djokovic, number 19, unbelievable. Uh, before I say anything more, let me introduce Steve and, and we'll get right into it. Steve, remarkable. Yeah, great to be with you, David. You, you set it up beautifully. I can't wait to discuss those last couple of rounds and uh, uh, these. Uh, I'm, my head is still spinning from the final, but you you lead us into the discussion. Yeah, we'll, we'll do. I mean, we have not had much time to digest, especially the final. But, but before we get into it real quickly again, um, there, there's a lot that occurred at the French Open again. So if you have any questions that you want Steve and myself to um, to answer again, the, we have the email askdavidandsteve at gmail.com. Again, that's askdavidandsteve at gmail.com. We'd, we'd love to, to read your questions and answer them at an upcoming pod. So with that, um, let's just get into it. The men's semifinal. Rafael Nadal versus Novak Djokovic. Novak lead, he led the head-to-head 29-28. And after the riveting display on Friday, he now leads it 30 to 28. Um, let's just start with the first set. I mean, Rafa sprints up 5-0, similar to the start of last year's final, as, as everyone remembers. Um, at 5-0, what are your initial thoughts here? My thoughts were exactly what you alluded to. I thought, oh, my God, this to borrow from Yogi Berra, it's deja vu all over again. I couldn't believe it because I didn't think Djokovic would make that mistake. I, I, I'm not trying to be tough on him, but I just thought he would be sort of acutely aware in his mind of what had happened and, and trying to prevent it. And Rafa responded. Uh, uh, Rafa talked about it afterwards about how the first couple of games could have could have gone to Novak because Novak had two break points in the first game. Rafa hit an ace in the service winner, and then in the second game. Djokovic had 40-15 and didn't hold. And the next thing you know, it's gone from two love to five love. It just seemed like in the blink of an eye. Yeah. And that's where, that's where I think Djokovic won the match. Because by getting back into the, what I mean is by winning three games in a row, saving all those set points, and even when Rafa served it out at 5-3, he had 40 love and Novak was back to deuce. That definitely changed the mindset of both players. Djokovic mm-hmm. came into the second set believing he'd found his range Rafa now had those doubts that can enter his mind, even somebody as great as him and as almost unbeatable as him on clay. So I really thought that was a critical phase of the match. Yeah, a hundred percent agree with you. I remember Novak stating, and I don't know if he felt like this when it was five Oh or five three, but he, he felt like it wasn't last year's final. And again, I, I, I don't know if it was at five Oh, well, he didn't really. Five, three, he, yeah, he wasn't that clear on that, I, but he just meant I think he certainly meant by five, three. And he, he liked the way he was hitting. But it's true. He was hitting the ball better. He was moving better. There was a different it was a different Djokovic. But on the other hand, he had nothing to show for it up until five. Love. Right. So <laughs> I, I did. I didn't think that was critical. And then, of course, David, as the match progressed, as we got toward the latter stages of the second set and Djokovic had his teeth into it. Rafa alluded later, the conditions were cooling off. It started late because Tsitsipas and Zarev had gone five also. So it was, they're playing into the evening hours and, and there's no doubt those conditions were better for Djokovic than Rafa. Although I still thought Rafa hit some nightmarish topspin high loopers to, to Novak's backhand and still 
imposed himself greatly. But the match re really came alive starting, I'd say, midway through the second set because Nadal had Djokovic had the break. Nadal broke back and then and, and then Novak got it again and managed to close out the set, but not easily. He had some tough holds before he could close out the second. And then what can we say about the third set, David? I mean, I'll, I'll say Jim Courier's quote of it. I think it sums it up. The, the third set, he called this tennis a ridiculous eye-popping level. And, I mean, I've, I've never seen a set like that before. The and, and, I mean, you all remember the great matches, right? I mean, you remember 2012 Australian Open. Even go to 2008, the Wimbledon between Fed and Rafa. I mean, there's so many great, great matches. But for a set itself, I mean, you've, you've seen well, a lot more you, tennis than I have. You've seen a lot they, more tennis than I have. Have you ever seen a level like that? No, I know not, certainly not on clay. And certainly it's the best set they've ever played against each other. I'm convinced of that on any surface, by the way, any surface. Yeah. What I like about where you're pointing this is I think people have to differentiate, David, between a great set and a terrific match and an mm -hmm. epic. I'm not calling it an epic. I'm calling it a terrific match. And the third set was alone was epic. And it was a magnificent performance from Djokovic. But let's the first set to me was good level, but they both were shaky at times, particularly in Novak in the early games. And then Rafa in the phase from five when Djokovic got back to five, three. The second set was a good level, very good level. Third set was out of this world. And then the fourth set. Rafa revived slightly at the beginning, as you remember, and he went up to love, which was a little surprising at the time. But then Novak reeled off six games in a row. Yeah, we're going to get there. We're going to get there oh, in a sorry, second. Sorry. I want to I want to set up a couple things in the third set here. Um, you know, Novak yeah. served for it at five, four, and he was up 30 love and missed a pretty yes. routine four and four Novak. Um, right. 30, 15, Rafa winds up breaking. Then you go to a tie break. And at three, four in the tiebreaker, go on YouTube, go on the highlights. There was an amazing, amazing point. Um, Rafa misses an open court volley that for his standards, he makes 99 out of 100 times. No, but um, David, I want to bring you back slightly just for a moment, if I may, because you yeah. alluded to what, what could have been the most critical point of the match. Without a doubt, was that forehand miss from Djokovic. It was a good serve down the tee. The return was short. His forehand was almost impeccable that entire match and yep. here is what is almost a sitter he's certainly a, mat, a forehand he takes control of the point and probably goes to 40 love and that, that that could have haunted him and then we have we then the next game after he has been broken he had break points against rafa at five on rafa did a great job to get out of that with a bounce smash winner and a forehand down the line winner and then after all that novak is down set point at five six yes again that's that's the other crucial point of the match and he made a terrific backhand drop shot down the line that Rafa couldn't handle and then then we get into the tie break so let's let's start tell me your impressions of the tie break I mean <laughs> to win a point against either one of these guys is just is, is it's, it's insanity I there's not enough adjectives to do to describe it and then you have to do it over you know you have to win three sets against either one of these guys but that that three, four point in the tiebreaker is one that Rafa, I mean, uh, uh, he makes that volley so many times. Oh, he does. He, here's what I would say about that, Dave. No doubt. He wouldn't miss that one in a hundred. However, it was a bizarre point. Novak had come in, had a high forehand volley that he really should have put away, but didn't. He didn't really do enough with it. And Rafa was able to track it, chip mm -hmm. his back in down the line and make the approach that set up what should have been an easy forehand volley. But I think 
it was a weird point in the sense that it should have been over already with Djokovic, and then Rafa certainly shouldn't have missed the volley. But that's tension in a tiebreak. It's just like Rafa double folding on the first point of the tiebreak. But they also had a lot of terrific points. A forehand winner from Djokovic at that got him to 4-3 that was just a beauty angled away that shot that he was killing Rafa with the whole match pulling him off the court with his angled cross-court forehands and making Rafa play two-handers from impossible positions so that was a great point and then I thought Novak's clutch ace for 6-4 was oh the other thing is what about Rafa at 3-5 down having missed that volley comes back with a forehand drop shot winner yeah (laughs) and then Novak at 5-4 hits the ace down the tee and then he also made a great play off Rafa's drop on set point. He slid his forehand deep down the line and Rafa had no play on the pass. I thought it just was, it was, to borrow a cliche, it was a privilege to be able to watch that set, that whole match. But that set really yeah. was the match because it was about an hour and a half and it was really by far the best tennis of the match. Yeah, and, now, what you said um, a little bit, uh, you know, a couple of minutes previous to that, they took, I think they did like a, a costume, you know, a costume change. They changed the shirt and whatever. they left the court for a little bit. And as Rafa so often does, he refocuses, he gets an early break in the fourth. Right. right. And then Novak rips off six games in a row, six yeah. games in a row against Rafa on clay. That's unheard of. It is. I think that Novak was, you know, I think whoever was going to lose that third set, David, it was going to be awfully deflating. Uh, psychologically to put that much effort into a set and have so little separate them. And for Raf, in Rafa's case, to have a set point in Novak's case, if he'd lost it, he would have thought about the forehand at five, four, 30 love. So here they are early in the fourth, but what was fascinating was that Novak had 30 love in the first game and missed a drop shot, sort of let him back in. Then he had love 30 in the next game and Rafa helped. So those were two games that Djokovic probably should have won at least one of them. But then once he held it in the third game, he started serving by far his best of the match. That was, he alluded to that later. I, I noticed that John McEnroe on the telecast thought that Djokovic felt he served well that whole match, but that wasn't true. He didn't think he had served his best until then, until those last bunch of service games in the fourth. And then it was pretty much unstoppable. And you're right. It's awfully hard to do it to Rafa, but he looked a little worn out. I don't, I don't know if some of it was psychological. I don't know if some of it was that, taped ankle of his could have been a couple of different factors, but the bottom line is Novak Djokovic too. (laughs) Oh, a lot of it. Oh, most of it, almost all of it. I'm just saying you you're looking for explanations for how he, but, but I agree. 99% of that was the brilliance of Djokovic. Those last six games. um, I love that backhand angle drop shot winner that he made that took him to five, two that when he raised his arms, he knew he, he had him at that point. Yeah, for those that are, are just listening to the audio version of this, eventually we'll get this up on YouTube too. As Steve is going through these points, uh, you just see me smiling and shaking my head because it's just extraordinary, the level of tennis from both these guys. And, um, you know, we've referred to this before. Um, the first set against any of the, the big three, right, is so crucial because if you lose that first set, you then need to win three of the next four. It's yeah. even harder than doing three out of the next five. What did Novak Djokovic do in this match? He lost the first set and he won three sets in a row against Rafa and Nadal on clay. Unbelievable. So David, Robin Soderling, when he played beat Rafa in 09, that startling upset, he won the first set. And when Novak beat Rafa in 2015 in the quarters, he also won the first set. So this was a first 
that Djokovic could come from behind to defeat Nadal on that court, which has uh, thus far has been an impossible task. Impossible and, uh, task. Impossible yeah. task. And and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this much. Now you got Novak who, who who won this match right after ripping off six games in a row. Now the question is, can he be the first one that beat Rafa? at Roland Garros and win the title because we know Soderling lost in the final to Roger in 2009. And when Novak beat Rafa in 2015, he lost to Stan Wawrinka. So this yeah. is the question. And, and again, that was a, I know it was only four hours, but they played longer than Sitsi Pasan Zverev who went five hours and it was the late match. So Novak has to recover here. Ruling match. Yeah, absolutely. Just a brief reference to the what you were talking about. Soderling, I never thought was ready he did get to the finals two years in a row, not just in 09, but he, then in the next year he beat Roger and lost to Rafa. But I don't think he was ever likely to win that title. Novak in 15 is a different story. It looked like he was was really poised to take the title when he beat Rafa in the quarters. But then yeah. he had a five-setter with Andy Murray in the semis that got carried over to the Saturday. That hurt him a lot. I thought he wasn't quite fresh enough for – and Stan Vavrinka played maybe the match of his life to beat him in the finals. So – those are the circumstances there, but you're Very right. Good point. Back, Very good point. No, back in this case, really did have to recover. It was. It wasn't easy. Four hours and eleven minutes. And by the way, today, the final four hours and eleven minutes, exactly the same time for the match, except that today's was five versus four. It's hard to believe that a match that ends six-two in the fourth, as Djokovic, that's what Djokovic beat Rafa by. Could win, could win in five sets today in the same exact same time frame. That's how grueling the semi was. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I felt before today's match, I, I felt because no one had done and no one had beaten Rafa and taken the title and especially viewing the semifinal between Rafa and Novak, I felt there was going to be a little bit of the Rafa fatigue and it wasn't going to be early in the match. I thought it would set in maybe the third set or fourth set I yeah. actually think I was really wrong. I think it took a while for Novak to get into this match. Maybe it took a while for him to warm up, but he did not. And I know I'm jumping the gun gun here, but he did not look fatigued the more this match went on. Um, it was interesting, but I want to start because this is obviously a huge opportunity for Stefano Tsitsipas, right? You see the nerves, the very first point of the match where he double faults. He then misses the first serve, the second point of the match, and he barely gets his second serve in in the second right. point of the match, right? Right, right. Um, he winds up holding that game, which I think is is huge. And it, it, it was huge. That first set was pretty crazy, pretty crazy. David, yes, a good, good, good description. It, yeah, he's held despite a couple of break points against him. But then at the end of that game, three aces in a row to get the hold. And uh, that was a definite confidence boost for him. But nonetheless, the way that set played out, David, what I, it, it should have destroyed Novak Djokovic psychologically because he saved a set point. At, uh, he was holding so easily up until he served at four or five. And then he saved a set point in a long rally. I believe it was 26 shot rally and angled backhand cross court that that Stefanos couldn't handle. And, and Novak holds on and then breaks. So he's serving for the set at the changeover. Yes. before. At, before serving for the set, he's asking the umpire if she'll be more understanding. And oddly, he was arguing on behalf of both himself and Stefanos. And Stefanos is the one that who had been called for a time violation, not right. Novak. But right. he was saying, give us a break. We have to go a long way to pick up our towels. He had a legitimate case. 
Nadal has felt the same way about this rule. But I don't know why he was wasting the energy on that at that point. It was very actually decent of him because he wasn't speaking just on behalf of himself. And he's not the he wasn't complaining about something that happened to him. It actually had ha happened only to Sitsipas. But that's what went on before he went out to serve for the set. And then he played a really bad game. Horrible when game. He, he completely <laughs> lost focus at that change. I think oh. he played a horrible game. How's he going yeah. to serve for the set? He got broken easily. And that, and you think that was so important to him that he would want to get out front and win that first set after all that he'd been through physically and emotionally to reach this final. And yet, and then the, then the second bizarre occurrence was the tiebreak that Sitsabas seemed to have in his pocket at 5-2. And, and Nova comes all the way back, gets a set point at 6-5 and actually made a very good return, forehand return. And Sitsabas just flicked it, took a chance, got around his backhand and flicked it down that line inside in. For a, for a winner and came back and went, won the tiebreak. I would have thought that would have been, it was devastating briefly to Novak. I think it, it was the reason why he didn't, he didn't play terribly well in the second set is that he immediately lost his serve at the start of the second. I'm sure he was still thinking about how close he'd come to winning the set and probably in, internally chiding himself for not serving out the set, not playing a better game when he served for the set. Yeah, there was also a point, and I, I'm looking at my notes. I didn't write the point. I, maybe it was 5-4 or 4-5 four, in the tiebreaker. There was a there was a shot. Novak hit deep to Sitsipas' backhand, and he had to slice it, return back. And it, he was a remarkable shot. It didn't end the point. It wasn't a winner, but it's one of those shots in a tiebreaker that can make the difference. He saved that yeah. ball. He hit a really, really good shot. That, well, he, it, he definitely yeah, I, I, I remember that too. But he also, it, above all, is the shot that he would play at five, six, and that, you know, when you're down set point to make that shot. And, and the rest of the match, I didn't see anything like that. The times when he attempted to do something like that, it didn't work. But right. under, under the most intense pressure and one of the critical points, he comes through and then he wins that set. And of course, it carried him right through the second. And Novak, Novak looked mentally and physically weary, although he never looked that physically weary he still was hitting the ball well and moving reasonably well and then of course it all turned when he won that long game to go up three one in the third he broke him and it just gave him such a lift when he uh, he, he, he it just the whole match complexion of the match changed from there i thought it did so after a really really good first set second set pretty easy for sitsy pass yeah. you know novak the champion he is i mean it, it's not going to be an easy three straight win uh three straight such win for uh, Tsitsipas. Um, he's going to fight. He did. He comes back. He wins that third. He And I'm thinking to myself, if Steph can still keep this physical, that Rafa fatigue can still come in at one point. That's what I kept thinking to myself. And Novak is getting stronger here as the match goes on. You see it in the fourth set. 6-2 Novak Djokovic. Yeah, he went off to a quick two-break lead. They had another very important game there, the second break game that that, that Djokovic had a couple of break points got away from him, but then he had a beautiful backhand drop shot winner on the third to go up three. That's when I thought he was going to, That's at that point, that's when I thought he's going to win this match because he was not going to lose the four set from two breaks up. No. And sure enough, he glided through there 6-2 and then, and then we went into the fifth and he, he managed to get the early break in the fifth as well. But yeah, David, I mean, as that, that first game, the fifth set, you know, Tsitsipas is struggling now, right? He And he knows this is it. This is a sprint. I know they play it out. There's no tiebreaker, but this is a sprint. He, he's got to forget what's happened the, the previous four sets. He holds after fighting off a break point in the first game. Um, Novak eventually breaks at 1-1, goes 2-1, holds 3-1, and he just 
And Novak has been in these experiences, has been in these types of uh, situations so many times. And CT passes, you know, compared to Novak, it, it, he hasn't experienced this. And what I've noticed in these big moments is Novak, he just locks in and he doesn't miss. He makes your opponent up the ante time and time and time again until you can't do it. Yeah, absolutely. But there are times when he also gets, <clears throat> excuse me, gets very aggressive, controlled aggression, not reckless. Controlled aggression. Big when he targets. Was, when he was rolling in the in the third set, he hit a lot of winners, and, and that's because I think he felt like he had a little cushion and he had the break and he gets the second break, and now he's really hitting out very freely. In the fifth, he, it was the more the lockdown mode that you described because he just didn't want to do anything to beat himself. But here's what I thought was great about the end of the match, David, was that Stefanos, it, it could easily have been a 6-2 in the fifth, and he's down 15-40 at 2-4, and they won in a, a, a spectacular point uh, to, to save the first break point, and then yeah. saved another and held on. And suddenly the, you know, Novak goes to the changeover, only up 4-3 rather than 5-2 and, and, and out of reach. And then uh, Novak had a pretty easy hold and Stefanos held on himself. And then that last game was also tense. Yep. Novak, a few balls that he shouldn't have, including one easy drop volley with a court open that would have made, yeah. given him 30 love. But despite that, he just, he, he still would get back into the lockdown mode you described and said, okay, no more of that. That stops. And he <laughs> closed it up beautifully in the end and, and deservedly. And think of the pressure that he had, David. He didn't want to waste that Nadal win. It would have been it would have been very uh, kind of bittersweet to beat Nadal and not take this title this year, given that he it was his 19th. Well, let me uh, ask you this, Steve. Let me ask you this question. I mean, we you saw how brutal that match was, and it went late into the night on Friday. Um, yeah, I it looked to me it took a little while for Novak to warm up, obviously, to get into this match. The fatigue, if there was any fatigue at all, it was more like just let's get the body moving early. It never took place in the third, fourth, or fifth set. He got stronger. Were you were you expecting the Rafa fatigue to set in even at the slightest? Not once he got his teeth into it. Well, not once I saw the way he I, I can understand why you you thought that might be the case. But in the third set, no, when I saw that surge and and then I think psychologically it was a big help to not get into a long drawn out fourth. The fact that he broke it open, yeah. it, it took him into the fifth with two relatively quick sets behind yeah. him. And, and, and that all helped. And also he saw the trainer come out and, and help Stefanos with his back, this lower back issue that he's had, that it's not, a, I don't think it's that serious. I don't think frankly it affected him that much today, but I think he sees that and he thinks, okay, well, look, you know, it, it, he may not be feeling that great either. So I'm just going to get this job done. But, you know, David, it, it just reminded me again that we don't talk enough about Djokovic. It, it, too much emphasis is put on his physical conditioning, which is absolutely remarkable. And he proved it again with these back-to-back -back wins over Nadal and Tsitsipas. But not enough is said about the supreme mental toughness. Yeah, <laughs> it's unbelievable. He's yeah. unbelievable, Steve. He, he really is. Um, is he the first one in the open air to win each slam twice? Yes, he, he is. Now, Rafa has been, had been trying to do that for so long. It, you know, Rafa, Aussie? Oh, yeah. Rafa, Rafa only has one Aussie. And the thing oh, is, yeah. he's come back there so many times, David, and been within reach. He was in the yeah. Boston Novak in the 2012 final. He could have had his second there. And that was the epic, you know, eight. that was the epic five hour, 53 minute five setter. 
And then he lost to Stan Wawrinka in 14 and Roger in 17 in the finals. And it was a breakup in the fifth against Roger in the 17 final. So Rafa had been on the verge of it so many times. Now you wonder whether he'll ever get another Australian. But but here's Novak finally gets his second French. Uh, and 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 he's you know the it, it, it's a, it's one of his great achievements it, it really is and this has huge ramifications for the uh the 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 totals of the most slams because you think if rafa's a given at roland garros you then would have rafa at 21 roger at 20 and novak at 18 three away from rafa that went flipped on its head with what just happened these last three days David, you're so right. It, it was two-pronged. The first prong was beating Rafa and therefore denying Rafa the chance for number 21. Then part two was getting it done himself so that he could claim his 19th because he had already prevented Rafa from pulling three away. Now he wanted to get within one. And I'm sure that sure was awfully difficult to get out of his mind as this match was unfolding, particularly in the as he, as he sort of headed into the fifth set with all that momentum. Steve, as we wrap this up, uh, you said it to me, I think, before we hit the record button. Um, we're spoiled. They're, they they're spoil us time and time and time again, the big three. And, and I mean, the, the, the next guys, I mean, Stefano Tsitsipas, you've said it on a previous pod. He is going to be number one in the world at some point. Yeah. You got yes. Sasha Zverev. You got Dominique Thiem. Um, the, these guys are all going to have their time. It's just, you've had the three greatest tennis players of all time playing in the same generation. It's just remarkable. And listen, you know, it's a devastating, devastatingly potent loss for Sitsipas, No doubt about it, Dave. However, I think when he clears his head and reflects on what happened today, he'll realize, okay, this was my first major final. <laughs> and Novak was going for his 19th major and he got it. I, I, he'll feel like, okay, I've already won the ATP finals. I, I got my first Masters 1000 on clay and in, in Monte Carlo. I'm making a lot of progress. And I lost to a great player. I, don't, I think he'll get over this. It's a tough loss, but it's not like he ever had any real chances after the second set. Right. It's not he served for the match in the fifth or something like that. Right. So I th- and, I, and as you said, and we've agreed for some time now, it's almost inevitable that in the years to come he'll get to the top and he'll win multiple majors i don't have any doubt about it because he's just there's too much all-around talent there for, for it not to happen and also extraordinary drive he's really yeah. deeply driven and and cares a lot about his craft and wants it badly and has the talent to back it up yep i'll just leave with two quick thoughts and i'll let you uh end with whatever you you want to say as well about this this unbelievable tournament but rafa 105 and three at Roland Garros. <laughs> yeah. 105 and three, two of those losses to Novak Djokovic. Novak was also the first person that beat Rafa at Roland Garros and won the title, which he did just moments ago. Um, that's all I got, Steve. I, I'm speechless. I'm still digesting everything. Well, then there's also the fact that that was the ninth Nadal Djokovic meeting at Roland Garros, and, and, and Novak finally managed to beat him for the second time. And I think he he will cherish this win when his career is over. This one might go up there kind of alongside uh, the Rafa 2012 Australian, the marathon, and then the, the Federer Wimbledon final of 2019 when he saved the, the two match yeah. points because it, it took so much. He also, let's not forget, had been down two sets against Musetti in the mm-hmm. round of 16. So he wins two matches from two sets to love down. He beats Nadal. 
He beats Sitsipas, who's a major rival, and he comes away with a second French Open title and a 19th major. Could he have asked for more? <laughs> As someone on Twitter said, you know, he literally he literally climbed Mount Everest, Mount Everest, beating Rafa on Friday, and he had to beat a very, very good Stefano Tsitsipas in the final. Simply remarkable, Novak. Kudos to you, man. It's we're we're lucky. We're lucky to to be seeing this. Uh, I grew up I grew up in Chicago with Michael Jordan. I saw his greatness. Um, this is uh, we're blessed, man. We are blessed to be watching this. Well, there's a lot of Michael Jordan in Novak Djokovic. <laughs> yeah, there really is. Steve, thanks so much for, for your time and covering the uh, covering this tournament with us. We're going to have Wimbledon soon because this was pushed back a week. So on to the grass we go. Looking forward to it, David. And this was great fun to talk about. We probably could have sat around all day discussing this, but I think we got to the, the central points of what happened. We did. And again, lastly, for the for the listeners, I, there's a ton that went on during this tournament. Please go ahead and email us anything you want. Again, that's uh, the email is askdavidandsteve at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. Um, you can ask whatever you want. And we'll, we'll address it uh, for upcoming episodes. Steve, thank you so much for your time. This this is fun. David, thanks for letting me join you. Great, great fun.